This is Ozarks at Large for Friday, April 14th, 2023. I'm Kyle Kellums. Matthew Moore will be with me later. We're going to start today with Michael Tilley from his Fort Smith office. Michael's with Talk Business and Politics. Michael, welcome back. Hey, thanks for having me. All right. We're going to talk about humanities and arts this week, and I'm looking forward to it. Let's start with the (laughs) U.S. Marshals Museum. You know, you and I have been talking about it for a long time. It's getting closer and closer to opening. Yes. um, We, uh, Congressman Womack, um, Steve Womack, toured the facility on Wednesday. Uh, It's the first time I've been in the facility. It was just him and... um, me and a couple, and me and another mem- media member, uh, Doug Babb, who's chair of the Marshals Board, and Ben Johnson, who's the newly hired CEO, President and CEO. And um, it is the first time, Kyle, that I've been in the facility since it was just, I think, oh, completed. Just the shell was completed. Uh, last time I was in it, parts of the ceiling weren't complete, uh, and it was dusty. I mean, it was just a construction site. Uh, it is. They are definitely getting close. I, I think the kind of news they broke this week is um, they've been hesitant to give an opening date. I mean, for obvious reasons, they're they're installing the exhibits now. They've got a few um, parts of the exhibit that um, they're waiting to get uh, on site and get installed. So they're a little hesitant to throw out a date because you know they throw out a date and then a piece of exhibit doesn't show up. Then, mm-hmm. Um, and they'll miss the date. But anyway, they said they want to start, or they've got a target of it opening before July 4th. Um, so that was kind of news. But uh, it was interesting to see Congressman Womack walk through it and then kind of talk about some of the exhibits. Because most of the exhibits are are in, installed. They're just not complete. So you get a, you can get a really good sense of what it's going to look like. And, um, I got to tell you, Kyle, I'm, I try to, I'm kind of, you know, skeptical, cynical, I wouldn't say cynical, but uh, I'm not easily impressed, I guess, but I, I was impressed. Uh, it's going to be, it's going to be pretty nice. I think the thing that I was most, um, I guess amazed by is that, uh, you know, it's a 53,000 square foot building, but I think they're only, in exhibit spaces around 20,000. I could be off a little bit on that. And so you hear about all of these galleries, these immersive galleries they're going to have, and you think, how are they going to put all of that in that building? Because when you look at it, it just looks like it's going to be all packed in and it's not going to look good. But when you're in there, the building, when you're inside of it, it feels bigger than it is. I think maybe that's the best way to explain it. So, um, Congressman was very impressed. He just kept saying, "Wow." Uh, and then when, I, then when I asked him later, I said, "What? You know, what? what after he finished the tour, I said, what was your what's your response?" And he said, uh, "Wow." So he was kind of stuck on "Wow," which I think is going to be a common uh, response. Um, but we also talked about, look, Kyle, you, as you talked about as you, to open this, we have talked about this for a long time. Remember, it was January two thousand seven. Um, when, uh, you know, Obama hadn't even been elected yet. You know, George Bush was, was still president when this was announced that it was coming to Fort Smith. And so they've just struggled to raise money. There's been a lot of criticism of that. And 
uh, Congressman Womack addressed that. He said, you know, um, that, you know, the naysayers have been out there and it's, and he understands that he said, I get it. But he said, uh, and he said he understands when people thought it was just a pipe dream, but he said, it's going to happen. And, uh, he, he said, people just need to be prepared to be impressed. So, so we'll see, um, if they are impressed and, and hopefully they will get it open uh, on or before July 4th. You mentioned that it was 2007 when it was awarded. It was 2015 when ground was broken. We're going to remember 2015 as a pretty important year, I think, in Fort Smith Arts World because it was also 2015 when the unexpected launched. And there's some news. <laughs> there's some news at TalkBusiness.net about the unexpected. Yeah, I was wondering where in the hell is he going in 2015. But yeah, that makes perfect sense. Um, the unexpected, which we talked about, great murals downtown. It put Fort Smith on the map, not just on a state or national scale, but on a global scale in terms of this um, mural art, this um, like, you know street art that used to kind of have a bad name, but is now um, widely respected. And, and uh, uh, some communities are envious that don't have it. And, our, and for downtown Fort Smith has a lot of great art uh, from not only state and local artists, but primarily from these international artists. So these um, two Brazilian uh, mural artists are coming back um, to town. Now, the, there's a kind of good news, bad news. It's probably all good news, but they're a huge mural. They're on the 800 block of Garrison, which I think is my favorite. If I had to pick one, it'd be my favorite. Yeah. Well, they've painted over that to do a new one. So I guess it's good in the sense that you get to see something new and refreshing from them, but I wish we could have kept that one. Maybe that's just me being the old fogey, you know, <laughs> those kids are taking down the good stuff, you know, <laughs> that kind of thing. But, um, love to see it downtown. It's also, um, in conjunction, they're calling it kind of a spring pop-up event. There'll be a couple murals. Uh, but it's part of the, uh, it's in coordination with the 646 downtown, their music series, um, which begins uh, May 11th. And you can go to the 646 downtown website and get the list of the schedule and who the acts are. But uh, it's just a good to see these uh, Brazilian artists back. I am, if you can pronounce their name, Kyle, I'll let you do it. I am not going to butcher I, the name of these I, artists. But um, it's on, their name is on our website. There you go. They're out there. So but, I encourage people to go to go look at it. Now, more arts news. The Community School of the Arts in Fort Smith working its way to develop and open, possibly as soon as 2024, the first performing arts high school in Arkansas. Yes. Now, I'm not going to get into the politics of um, – of, of charter schools, that kind of thing that's come out of the Learns Act that, that the Arkansas legislature just passed. But one thing that's resulted from that is the um, Community School of the Arts. And there, we just talked about the Marshalls Museum. This facility is just next door to it, and it's under construction now, 40,000 square foot facility. Already looks impressive there uh, next to Marshalls Museum on the Arkansas Riverfront. Um, but they had initially intended Kyle to have kind of have this institute where kids would, um, students from area high schools would come in the afternoons two or three days a week, one or two days a week and 
participate in, you know, the creative arts, you know, theater, music, uh, painting, just the wide range of arts. And um, what they have done, it kind of, now that the, the um, it's easier to, to open a charter school through the voucher program, and again, I'm not going to get into the politics of that, but they've decided to open a high school, 9 through 12th grade high school. We've resisted in our reporting to call it Glee Fort Smith, but it'll be a performing arts high school um, that caters toward, you know, the gifted students in those areas. Um, but it'll also be, you know, high school, they'll have math and science, AP courses. So, uh, you know, if you're a parent and you want to make sure a kid goes, your, your kid goes here, they're still going to get, um, you know, the fundamentals of a high school education, uh, along with a much more significant focus on the art. So, and according to, uh, Rosalie Walker, Dr. Walker, uh, if they are granted this, uh, they'll be the first performing arts high school in the state. So anyway, it's an interesting twist, and um, uh, we, we wish them luck. All right. You can read about all of this and so much more at talkbusiness.net. Michael, talk to you next Friday. Hey, yes, sir. Thanks again. Rave Cultural Foundation presents Yuva Utsav, a youth festival of Indian dance and music featuring Sporty Rao and Pranati Ramadorai on April 22nd at 2 p.m. at the Thaden School Performing Arts Center. RaveCulturalFoundation.org slash events for more. 17-time Grammy winner Sting makes his first ever appearance at the Walmart Amp on the My Songs Tour October 12th. Sting will perform hits from The Police as well as his solo career, including Roxanne, Fields of Gold, Every Breath You Take, and more. Tickets are on sale now at amptickets.com. A batch of tourism bills was signed into law by Governor Sarah Huckabee Sanders yesterday at Pinnacle Mountain State Park in Little Rock. The first gentleman, Brian Sanders, described one piece of legislation which he said would streamline the Department of Parks, Heritage, and Tourism and promote the outdoors. And the reforms Sarah will sign into law today are going to provide a strong foundation for us to advance our mission to elevate the best outdoor experiences in Arkansas, that we have a right to win, get more kids off screens and outdoors to improve health and quality of life, and double the number of entrepreneurs, workers, and the overall size of our outdoor economy. Other new laws signed by the governor yesterday would allow people to consume alcohol at large park events, lower the price of fishing and hunting licenses for minors, and ease building regulations on state park land. Talk Business and Politics reports more than 3 million tons of shipments moved along the Arkansas River in the first three months of 2023. That's an increase of 13.6% compared to the same time period last year. Inbound shipments, those coming from off the river system, totaled more than 1.3 million tons during the first quarter, up 31% compared with the same time period in 2022. Former Governor Asa Hutchinson is making the first few stops of his burgeoning presidential campaign in the Midwest this week. After much speculation, he announced he was seeking the Republican presidential nomination earlier this month. Speaking at a VFW hall in Des Moines yesterday, the former governor reiterated his claim that the national GOP should seek to distance itself from former President Donald Trump. I'm running for president because we need a course correction in our country. I'll just tell you very frankly, we need a course correction in the Republican Party as well. We need a Republican Party and have a nominee that can win with independence, 
that can win with suburban voters in the fall and win in November. That audio is courtesy of Iowa Public Radio. When asked about foreign policy, Hutchinson said he supports the U.S. aiding Ukraine in its war against Russia. But he said he would seek to limit aid for nations he deems as unfriendly. I have a unique part of the American story, and I want people to get to know that. And I think whenever they see that, they'll say, this is someone that's not only got a consistent conservative record, has got an optimistic view of our future as a country, is a person of conviction, but he's also uh, lived a lot of the life experiences that uh, uh, the average uh, Iowan has. Hutchinson also stressed the importance for military funding and equipment and criticized the Biden administration on its border, defense, and spending policies. The former governor says he plans to formally announce his candidacy for president in Bentonville, on April 26th. Musician Kelly Mulholland of the duo Still in the Hill will perform with the University of Arkansas Percussion Ensemble Monday in the Faulkner Performing Arts Center at 7.30. He'll play several pieces from his instrumental CD, Out of the Gray, which he arranged while in pandemic lockdown with his spouse and music partner, Donna Mulholland. Kind of classical, but it's not really classical music, but it definitely ventures to that side. And she, my daughter is so sweet, she sent copies of this to some Professors at the university in music, people we actually didn't know, and we got a wonderful response from Chow Ragsdale, who's the, uh, the head of the percussion department. And he loved the music, and he wanted to figure out how to orchestrate it for his percussion ensemble and have a concert at the Faulkner Center. And I, we were astounded and shocked and, it, and, and thrilled. Mohan will accompany the U of A Percussion Ensemble performing three pieces, arranged by Chow Ragsdale. The first piece we're going to do is called Taylor Sweet, and this is uh, dedicated to our son. Uh, he, he kind of motivated me to finally get uh, myself in gear and to record these, these songs. And then the second piece is a, a, a piece that I wrote um, as a tribute to Jean-Philippe Rameau, the French composer, Baroque composer, one of my favorites, and uh, several pieces on my album are tributes to my favorite composers. So this is a a tribute to Rameau. The third piece is a tribute to Charles Ives, one of my other favorites. And it's really wacky. It's very noisy and chaotic and, and, uh, you know, kind of modern sounding, and it's a lot of fun. And then finally, they've asked Don and I to kind of do an encore thing after that, and we are going to do one of my poetry songs. It's a Wallace Stevens poem that I set to music a long time ago. The performance will take place Monday night at 7.30 p.m. Tickets for this performance will be available at the Faulkner Performing Arts Center box office an hour before the concert. Rogers Historical Museum hosting a Parade of Apple Blossoms Saturday. Rachel Smith, the museum's assistant director, curator of collections, says the city first hosted the Apple Blossom Festival in 1923. The Apple Blossom Festival's Uh, began in the 1920s and we're hosting this exhibit because it is the 100th anniversary of the first festival in 1923 and they celebrated the successful apple industry in this area which had actually began many years before the festival back even before the civil war there was a lot of apple orchards in this area and so come the 1920s this region is growing and very prosperous and so they celebrated uh, by having a huge parade and festival and crowning an apple blossom queen and so that is what we will be talking about and sort of celebrating in the exhibit.
Rogers Historical Museum also invited downtown businesses to decorate shop windows to commemorate the Apple Blossom Festival. Back in the day, in the 1920s, uh, downtown Rogers businesses decorated their windows for the festival, and there was even a contest, and they reported the winners in the newspaper, so we thought it would be fun to host our own window display contest. Smith says the winner of that contest will be decided by popular votes. Rogers Historical Museum is located at 313 South 2nd Street. The exhibit will be open through October 31st. And the Northwest Arkansas Naturals picked up their second win of the new season in Wichita last night, defeating the wind surge 10-3 to snap a four-game losing streak. Naturals back at our best ballpark in Springdale Tuesday night. KUAF is supported by Dr. Kathleen Wong, a psychiatrist providing infusion therapy for treatment of depression and anxiety disorders. Following NIMH protocol, studies show ketamine infusion therapy can reduce suicidal ideation and is an effective alternative when other treatments fail. drkathleenwong.com for more information. The University of Arkansas at Fort Smith offers students more than a diploma. UAFS offers students a resume, putting knowledge to work since 1928. UAFS.edu/join-the-pride. It's Friday. With me, with me in the Anthony and Susan Hoy News Studio, Becca Martin Brown, features editor of the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette. So lovely to see your face. It is lovely to be here and lovely to be home. In case you all somehow missed it. <laughs> Ten days, six flights, Seattle, Fairbanks, a place called Borealis Base Camp. Where you see the northern lights. Where you see the northern lights and you stay in a thing that looks like an igloo Mm -hmm. with big windows that are recycled helicopter windshields. Nice. We went on a sunset thing in something that looked like a troop carrier to the top of a mountain. Yeah, yeah. And I was determined I was going to at least call Bigfoot. No, that doesn't mean by phone. It means you holler. Sweetest guy from San Francisco happened to be a professional opera singer. So he sang for Bigfoot? And he called Bigfoot with me. (laughs) Give us some great ideas of what to do. By the way, it's been a couple weeks since you've been here. Welcome back. Give us some ideas of what to do this weekend. Well, see, here's the great thing. You can do 10 days, six flights, middle seat in an airplane. You know, you can do all that. Mm -hmm. Or you can go see the world here in northwest Arkansas on the River Valley through the art. It's so much easier. This weekend, you can go all over the history of the United States with Songs for a New World. A one-of-its-own-kind a, one production. It's somewhere between a musical and what they call a song cycle. But it is all based on historical events. Mm-hmm. And they've created an amazing set, an amazing lighting, and amazing costumes. 7.30 today and tomorrow, 2 o'clock Sunday, again the 19th through the 23rd at University Theater on the UA campus in Fayetteville. Tickets are $20 for adults at uark.universitytickets.com. Or see the world by Children's Theater Mm -hmm. in a show called Hiccup. It is a children's show that involves an emu. I'm in. A koala. Oh, I'm super in. And whatever a quokka is. I don't know, but if it's hanging out with an emu and a koala, I'm all I'm about in. it. I'm in. Yeah. 
and they're going to find a cure for the koala's ear-shattering case of the hiccups. This is Children's Theater by Windmill Theater, one show only at 4 o'clock on Sunday at the Walton Art Center. Tickets are $10 for children and $15 for adults. And then there's the worlds you can visit that aren't quite as wonderful. But that you need to know about. But it's super important. University Theater, or University of Arkansas Scola Cantorum is doing a piece this weekend called Considering Matthew Shepard. If you don't know what this is about, Matthew Shepard is the young man who died at the University of Wyoming in 1998, 25 years ago. You may have heard of the Laramie Project, which has toured the country, right? He was beaten. He was tied to a fence in a field and left to die. And five days later, he did. In addition to the Laramie Project, which is theater, there is this... 263 pages, about an hour and 45 minutes, of music and spoken word that tells the story about how being gay cost him his life. Yeah, and there's just one performance. They've and been working on this all semester. You got one chance to see it Saturday night. 7.30, Saturday night at the Faulkner Performing Arts Center on the UA campus in Fayetteville. Tickets are $20, general admission, $10 students and seniors at uark.universitytickets.com. And here's some other things where you can see other worlds. Okay. This weekend is the 35th Ozark Mountain UFO Conference. One of the big presenters is a guy named Ben Hansen, mm-hmm. who used to be an FBI agent mm-hmm. and believes in UFOs. So that ought to give him some credibility. Starts today, continues through mid-afternoon on Sunday at the end of the Ozarks Convention Center in Eureka Springs. There's all kinds of pricing. You can pay like $20 to hear one speaker. You can pay $175 for the whole conference. There's even a remote viewing version of it. You can stream it. Yeah. Ah. So OzarkUFOConference.com. Community School of the Arts is doing the Velveteen Rabbit. Out. That makes me cry every time. Yeah, me too. But it's a great story. It's a great story, but I will not be there. I'm glad they're doing it. Everyone else should go. I'm not going to be there. One and seven tomorrow at St. Boniface Auditorium in Fort Smith. Tickets are 12 to $18. CSAFortSmith.org. So lots of opportunities to cry this weekend, (laughs) too, I guess. I'm going to quit talking while I'm ahead. Becca Martin-Brown, features editor of the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette. It's the Community Spotlight Week in Review, heard only here during the Friday edition of Ozarks at Large on KUAF. I'm Pete Hartman. This week we heard about river cleanups, plural, a new recycling option from Boston Mountain Solid Waste, and the Ozark Natural Foods Co-op opens the porch for music. The Illinois River Watershed Partnership's fourth annual Illinois River Cleanup is approaching. Jared Gelinas, Director of Recreation Stewardship, says while they have worked closely with landowners and agriculturalists, they also want to engage those who use the river for fun. So our goal of the Recreation Stewardship Program is to follow our mission of improving the integrity of the Illinois River through some of those public outreach efforts through recreators of the Illinois River watershed, not only on the river, but streamside and through our trails. And so this cleanup will really be focused on 
catching litter farther upriver in our headwaters. And so those small creeks and tributaries that we see running through our neighborhoods were all downstream. And so that trash is all flowing downstream. So that's a big part of our mission and through outdoor recreation is a, is a really a way to get people in touch with their surroundings. Mm. We use a lot of the trails and a lot of people go right past the trash. And so it's just an effort to really enact some behavioral change in our watershed in one day. This will be on Earth Day. We have sites in Lincoln and Fayetteville, Springdale, Rogers, Bentonville, Salem Springs. Um, we even have two that are on river. So we'll actually get into the Illinois River with some of those. Okay. Um, and then we have a couple that are shoreline and can be on the lake cleanups as well. The benefit of the Illinois River is its floatability. Even in the droughts and things, it flows all year long. Mm. One of the issues that we need to work to protect is that that's clean water for our recreators that's coming downstream. And so this is a, a big part of that mission. Jared Jelinas with IRWP. The fourth annual Illinois River cleanup is coming up April 22nd. To learn how you can help out, irwp.org. And we don't want to cause any competition here, but you've got your option that day as far as river cleanups. The Kings River Watershed Partnership will host its Madison County cleanup on the 22nd as well. Here's Ray Warren with KRWP. And we'll be meeting at the Rock House Landing, 8 o'clock sharp. Bring a sack, lunch, your water, dress for the dress for the weather. And expect to put in eight hours on that day. It'll be a it'll be a work day. There's there's plenty of room for everybody, kayaks and canoes, John boats. And now coming up May 10th, y'all will be taking part with um, Pack Rats Pint Night uh, series of events, right? We will be participating in uh, Pint Night at Pack Rat Outdoor Center, and uh, they'll have some hors d'oeuvres. They have uh, um, local vendors. They, they'll have some goodies and we'll get it'll be a fundraiser and we'll get a chance to talk about our mission. You know, we get to network with other other people just like us, a lot of other people with our same mission. Mm. And it really helps us to have direction. We do some education grants. We have we have some guidelines for landowners. We have a, a, a guidebook for a landowner. And so if you'll come to any one of these events, you'll be able to pick up our guidebook and, and come talk to us and, and see what we can do. Ray Warren with the Kings River Watershed Partnership. For more on those two events, kingsriverwatershed.org. Wednesday, we heard about a collaboration between the Boston Mountain Solid Waste District and a local business to begin accepting specific bulky plastics for use in other products. Here's Taylor Osborne, Sustainability Coordinator with Boston Mountain SWD. Toddler's car seeds, baby car seeds, even booster seeds are accepted, as well as the Rubbermaid and Sterilite bulk storage bins. We're partnering on this program with Ecotech Consumer Products, and they are now located in South Fayetteville, and they are all about making plastic products out of recycled plastic. And so they actually make all kinds of things, and they want those products that they make to come back to them so they can turn them into new products. Um, and so they have a couple of these programs with other entities, but when we toured their facility, we decided that it would be a great fit for Boston Mountain to be a collection for those car seats and bulk storage bins. We do ask people to bring them to our location at Boston Mountain Solid Waste District in Prairie Grove. Madison County Solid Waste and Recycling Center is also going to be a drop-off location, and that's in Huntsville. And when people 
people come to Boston Mountain, they can drive behind our offices and they will see a green building and there will be designated totes for the car seats and bulk storage bins. Taylor Osborne, Sustainability Coordinator with the Boston Mountain Solid Waste District. For more on that new recycling program, Boston Mountain Solid Waste on Facebook. Earlier today during Morning Edition, we heard from Lisa Garrett with the Ozark Natural Foods Co-op. They're continuing a music series they've dubbed The Front Porch Sessions, May 5th with Monk is King. Lisa says it's meant as much for existing members as it is for their guests. We do constantly want more members, but we also want our existing members to engage on a deeper level with our business model because we are a cooperative, which is different than corporations in the area. Um, Each person only gets one share and they only get one vote for our board of directors. Um, The board of directors is primarily voluntary. So um, it's it's kind of a big deal to be a part of the co-op. Um, But a lot of people don't understand the business model side of it. So we're really trying to engage them. They'll all get a personal invitation and then they'll get a plus one. So as a member, they can come in and then they can bring someone and that person may or may not decide to become a member. We're definitely doing another one in October. We did one last year with Roots. Um, And so we're hoping that we can do more of these as they kind of build momentum. And next year we can have even more than just two. Lisa Garrett, Marketing Director with ONF Co-op. For more, onf.coop. A quick look at next week. We'll hear from the Benville Public Library as well-known author Dick Lair is set to visit to talk about his latest book. Welcome Health describes a program that helps incoming immigrants with the physical exam part of the process. And we'll check in with the Northwest Arkansas Center for Sexual Assault. April is National Sexual Assault Awareness Month. They have a few events planned. The Community Spotlight, weekday morning, 631 and 831, here on Ozarks at Large and at any time at KUAF.com. Just look to the right of the page. I'm Pete Hartman. Send me an email. That's Pete at KUAF.com. And remember, your voice matters. This is Ozarks at Large. This weekend, the University of Arkansas College of Engineering will host its annual spring banquet. Two alums will be inducted into the college's Hall of Fame, and another nine graduates will be honored with distinguished alumni awards. And nine other alumni will earn early career awards, including 2016 grad Tenny Rain Butler. She not only earned her diploma here, but also played soccer and was a member of the first Razorback team to advance in the NCAA tournament. And she's a talented singer-songwriter with several singles and an EP available. Last month, I reached Tenny to ask her about engineering, soccer, and her music. I told her that her songs often, in just a few minutes' time, can explore emotional depths, often examining conflicting emotions. It is an important thing to be able to do for myself. And, and that's where a lot of my writing comes from as, as a singer songwriter is I don't, I don't subscribe to the, like, in order to be a quote, real singer songwriter, you have to sit down every day for four hours and write. I write when there's something that I need to process and that, that I see and that I want to explain to myself. And I found that in that explanation to myself, there are a lot of people that connect with that and and want to to hold on to those thoughts too and have that explanation and and visualize it in a different way which i think is really really valuable and what music can do 
for people. And that's, that's really special and wonderful. And I did, as I grew up, I grew up listening to Nancy Griffith. I'm not going to say nonstop, but I listened to Nancy Griffith a lot. We had, we were on the road constantly for my sister and I both played soccer growing up and we both ended up playing in university as well. And so on any given weekend, we were in the backseat of the minivan on our way to somewhere. And, and so we had, I, I grew up in the time of CDs. We had a six CD changer there in, in the minivan. And Nancy Griffith was one of the ones that was in heavy rotation. My favorite album of hers, which I, I is not necessarily a fair explanation of, of her talent, um, but as other voices, other rooms, oh which I aspire someday to make my own version of, you know, what were the influences? What are the writers? What are the people that shaped me into the writer and the style of writing that I have? And then also like, how amazing would it be to get to work with those people on that album? So a really long-term goal. It may not ever happen in the full form for me in terms of getting the chance to work with all of those individuals on a record, However, it is something that would be really special to bring to life, you know, my own version of that, because it is a, a really, you know, you don't pop into existence as, as anything definitely, but as a singer songwriter, for sure, without having listened, without having just absorbed from others around you in that space. I want to ask you about one of your songs, Meet Me in Stockholm. Mm, I mentioned that yeah. you take these, these sort of difficult to understand emotions that may be fleeting and you explain them so well in your songs. And in this one, this is when you were playing professional soccer, right? Mm. You're away from home. You're enjoying yourself, but you're homesick at the same time. And it sounds like you're trying to balance these two on the surface emotions that seem to be, you know, sort of the antithesis very of conflicting yeah. <laughs> yes yeah absolutely 4500 miles between me and your kids 2500 hours to think of everything i missed and all the reasons that i have for coming home you know you're all i think about when i'm alone So that is one of the spaces where I think if we can get really quiet and listen and experience as a human, that can be really interesting and and in some ways grounding and magical, right? Is because that that's one of the things that is very true is that there's never one singular emotion. You know, you're not just homesick, right? You're not just angry. You're not just happy. You're not just lonely. There's this cocktail of things that's happening around that. And without acknowledging both sides of, you know, to use a 
a worn out metaphor, both sides of the coin or both edges of the blade, the other one doesn't matter, right? The, the, the feeling of one thing and trying to just really figure out what's happening there doesn't answer all the questions that you have. And so for me, yes, exactly. I was, you know, how incredible, like after playing at Arkansas, I had this opportunity to go and play abroad and participate in a homestay and live on this beautiful island in the Baltic Sea and reconnect with this sport that had been a huge part of my life in a way that, you know, is no longer a a job. Like, I mean, it was, right? I was, it was supporting me while I was there, but it was very different than, than college soccer, than university soccer at the SEC level, which is an incredible experience and also a pressure cooker, Mm. right? Like it's, it's really intense. And so I was having these incredible experiences and I was enjoying it so much, creating new connections and, and family really there, right? Like this really beautiful space and there was all these weird emotions of like, oh, like I I should be home. And you know, my my father has now been through cancer several times. And that was like one of the big moments was like all of a sudden this was happening and I was in a different country. And what what was I thinking? Like, how could I have done this? And so there was there was the homesickness, there was the guilt, there was the like, I'm having this incredible experience and I don't. I shouldn't be, right? I shouldn't be here. I should be at home. And so all those shoulds and, and all of that. And so kind of navigating all of those emotions and um and kind of wrapping them, you know, more into a love song, really, in Meet Me in Stockholm rather than a um than than that that grieving process of of family health, but still that same that like I wanna be with these people and in the same place. And, and I can't be, and how do I work through all that? And I think that's not an uncommon experience, right? We all deal with guilt and, um, and, and blame of ourselves and of others in all moments. And so, yeah, Meet Me in Stockholm kind of pulled from all of those different things that were happening in a moment. You do a great job in your, in many of your songs about Kind of grabbing the ephemeral, the or the or the the fleeting. Snow in mm. Tennessee is another one because you know Tennessee's like Arkansas. You don't get as much snow as other places, right. and so when it happens, I don't know if it's quite a rarity, but it's not the usual. It's not going to hang around, right? Yeah. And that's and that's what you you sort of you know lean into with that song. It's like mm. of the moment. Yeah. Of the moment, in the moment. And I think it's really hard as humans now today to do that, to be in the moment. Um, and because we do, there's just so many distractions. There's so many things to do. You know, technology is this incredibly helpful tool. Uh, and we've employed it in a lot of instances in a way that can be unhelpful as well, right? It, it helps us get this thing done that we need to get done, maybe maybe a little bit more effectively, maybe a little bit more efficiently. But then instead of instead of like that being great, it's like, oh, now that I have gotten that thing done um, quicker, then I can take on 70 million other things. And I see that a lot in myself and I struggle with that personally, but I also see that a lot 
in in my peers and also in in folks younger than me and then you know folks who who didn't grow up necessarily with the scale of technology that we have now just trying to reconcile like all of all of these different things and so that present moment thing is really elusive for a lot of us and especially you know with Tennessee snow it it was just the perfect metaphor of like oh here's this thing that's happening and and instead of speeding us up like it's this thing that's happening and it's not going to last at all but instead of speeding us up it's giving us this opportunity to slow down and to be together wake up in the morning and the world is a snow globe Stay cuddled under blankets Trying to keep cold from our toes And I could stay Now, the College of Engineering will be upset if I get to the end of this conversation and not <laughs> mention why you're coming to Fayetteville. It's it's not, yes. although we'd love to hear you perform, it's not for a, a soccer union. It's to pick up an early career award in chemical engineering. Congratulations. Thank you, Kyle. Yes, I am really humbled to be the, the chemical engineering nominee and, and, well, I guess, and recipient, which is really crazy. Um, and we'll be out there in April. Yeah, we'll be we'll be up there for that banquet. It'll be really fun to get to see everyone. I've really enjoyed over the last couple of years, they just launched a mentoring program for students in the chemical engineering department. And they've done a really wonderful job connecting with alumni and getting getting them involved again, because it's a special college for sure. And the professors there, you know, I wouldn't, I would not have survived my four years of playing soccer and, and achieving a chemical engineering degree without them. They were so supportive and incredibly encouraging and, you know, it, like would come to games and, and got it, like knew about the travel thing and didn't give me a hard time about it. And were like, there for me in so many ways, which was really incredible because man, it would not have <laughs> happened <laughs> without that level of understanding of like, Hey, like she's not just skipping class. Like she cares and she wants to be part of this and she's working her tail off. Um, so I'll be out there in April, get to see everyone and have gotten a chance to connect with, with my professors through that engineering pro that mentoring program and, and with, with some of the students in the college. And it's so cool to see, how the college has grown and to meet the students that are there now and hear about what they're excited about with their degrees. And also truly really interesting to connect with the mentors because they're from all different classes. They're not, there's only a, a few people 
that kind of were my peer group, my graduating class. And so it's so interesting. And one of the reasons I I chose chemical engineering as a degree was because it was such a broad field. There's so many different places that you could play as a chemical engineer. So it's so interesting to to connect with them and hear all the different places where they're working and what they're doing. And in a lot of cases, you know, not necessarily traditionally using their chemical engineering degree anymore. Um, so it's been really fun and I'm, I'm really honored to be coming to that banquet and um, accepting that award. Tenny Rain Butler is a singer-songwriter who lives in Chattanooga, Tennessee. She played soccer for the University of Arkansas and earned her degree in chemical engineering while here. She's in Fayetteville this weekend to accept an early career award from the College of Engineering. Her recordings include her latest single, Meet Me in Stockholm, and the EP, Heart in Tennessee. Before we ended our conversation last month, I asked her about writing songs when she was living in Fayetteville. The EP, Heart in Tennessee, the title track off of that was written while I was in Fayetteville and um, was inspired by sitting sitting at the bus stop one morning really, really early on MLK. And that runs like almost directly east-west. And so sitting at the bus stop and the sun was kind of coming up over MLK. And I was it was so cold that morning. Gosh, it was like so cold that morning. <laughs> and I was sitting there shivering, waiting for the bus in front of my apartment complex. And I was, it had been a bad week and I was just homesick and sad and tired and frustrated and like wanted to be home. And I saw the sun rising and it was over there to the east. And I was just like, Tennessee is that way. It's somewhere, somewhere that way. And so that's where, you know, the sun, it, this, this space of like difficulty, but then this idea of like the sun always rises. So there's that consistency. And then it also being like in the east over my heart in Tennessee. So that's that song was, was very specifically penned out of that experience of being away from home. You can find out more about Tenny at TennyRain.com. The R Word, a podcast about reparations in Northwest Arkansas, continues its book discussion series this Saturday from 2 to 3.30 at the Walker Community Room in the Fayetteville Public Library with Greg Thompson, co-author of Reparations, A Christian Call for Penance and Repair. Books will be available for purchase and for signing. Reserve your spot for the discussion this Saturday at reparationsnownwa.com. 
This is Ozarks at Large for Friday, April 14th, 2023. With me is Courtney Lanning. Courtney, welcome back. Kyle, thanks for having me. We almost, no, I think we always talk about movies when we talk. We're going to talk about another one this time. I've seen the trailer. It looks really interesting and really good. What is the movie and how's my gut feeling about the trailer? I believe last week we promised our listeners to talk about uh, an anime movie this week, which is, of course, for those of you who don't know, this is a movie that is made by animators in Japan, um, shortened to anime for the the popularized term for this particular art style. And this newest movie coming out is called Suzume. And so I, I saw the trailer a couple nights ago, and I thought it looked really good. I'm really intrigued because I liked the last one from this director. How How is it? Well, what I can tell you is that this is another beautiful piece of animation. The director is kind of an up-and-comer within the world of anime films. His name is Makoto Shinkai. I probably butchered that pronunciation. But, you know, his studio absolutely pushes the bounds of what's possible for animation with this latest offering. It is, I mean, I'm not even overstating things when I say it's his most beautifully animated film yet. All right, so the animation is beautiful. How about the story? The story kind of lost me a bit, and I will probably be one of the lonely critics on this. When I checked, the film already had like a 92% on Rotten Tomatoes. Now that could change as, as the week goes on, um, but and the weekend goes on, but the story kind of unravels a bit in the second half, which is surprising to me because his last movie, which you mentioned earlier, is uh, Weathering With You. You and I talked about this mm-hmm. a year or two ago, um, and this, this was a film that had a huge emotional impact on me. I thought the story was pretty straightforward with that one. It was about uh, a girl who could make it rain whenever she prayed or sang. And this movie, you know, in its, in its effort to dial things up, make more epic proportions for its adventure, uh, it just couldn't stick the landing when it came to the ending there. First half is great. It's solid. But you reach a point in the movie where you kind of go in, eh, what's happening here? Too many unexplained things by the end, and you're left with more questions than answers. All right. The animation's beautiful. The story, not as beautiful. Anything else to recommend? Yeah. So when you're watching this, it is not only a treat for the eyes, because the animation is is gorgeous, but the soundtrack as well is stellar. You know, the the tracks that they've composed for this movie complement it beautifully. So, you know, overall, things kind of balance out. It's, It's not a bad movie. It's just, you know, for you baseball fans out there. I know this is rare that I'm going to use a sports analogy, but Makoto Shinkai's last couple movies, Weathering With You, and then he did one before that called Your Name, they were so critically acclaimed and well-received, he knocked them both out of the park. And the the risk when you do that for two Mm -hmm. movies in a row is when the next movie comes along, people are always going to expect that same high. With this movie, it's more like, you know, he hit a ground ball and got on first, which is still really good. Still better than you and I could do in the major leagues. But it seems like a step down. And and that's not fair to him as a director. It's just kind of the way things are when you knock a couple out of the park and then get on base. Uh, it's streaming as well, right? Uh, it's coming to theaters. It's coming to theaters. Okay. I have to get out of my house to watch it. Okay. All right. That's fair. It, it'll be on streaming eventually. Everything sure. is, Kyle. You know how the world works. Actually, not everything is. I've been trying to find the movie Angels with Dirty Faces with James Cagney and Humphrey Bogart and the Barry Boys, you can't find it anywhere. It's not even available on DVD. Full review will be in the uh, Democrat Gazette today. 
Also coming out this week, I think also in theaters, is a movie with a Dracula connection. Uh, Nicolas Cage plays Dracula in this new movie out, coming out called Redfield. Uh, it's about Dracula's infamous servant, who's Redfield, um, who decides he doesn't want to serve Dracula anymore and the consequences and hilarity that ensue. I'm going to be interested in this movie because in the original 1931 Dracula with Bela Lugosi, Dwight Fry was Renfield. And talk about knocking it out of the park, small bit in an iconic movie, pretty creepy performance by uh, him. Yeah, I don't think they're going for quite as much of a creepy vibe here, I don't think but so. we'll see. Okay. Uh, what about the conversation we'll have next week? So next week I will talk to you about a new movie coming to Apple TV+. Plus. That one will be streaming. It's called Ghosted. It's a new action flick starring Chris Evans. You can read the full review from Courtney in uh, today's Democrat Gazette. We'll talk again next week. I'm just happy this week I got Bella Lugosi and Jim James Cagney and Humphrey Bogart in our conversation. You worked those in masterfully, Kyle. Thank you. Courtney, highlight of my week talking to you. Talk to you next week. See you next week, Kyle. Washington Regional's Her Health Clinic is committed to empowering all women by giving them the care and resources they need to take control of their own health. Gynecology services, prenatal care, childbirth, infertility treatments, and more available at Her Health Clinic, located in Washington Regional's Women and Infant Center in Fayetteville. WRegional.com slash HerHealth to learn more. The Momentary in Bentonville invites guests to a keynote dinner and lecture with Chef Nico Albert, founder and owner of Burning Cedar Sovereign Wellness, Saturday, April 15th. The evening features a three-course dinner while learning about Burning Cedar's work addressing challenges facing indigenous communities by reestablishing ancestral foodways. Tickets and information at themomentary.org. This is KUAF 91.3, Fayetteville, Fort Smith, Bentonville, and Yale. KUAF is a listener-supported service of the School of Journalism and Strategic Media at the University of Arkansas. Contributors today included Michael Tilley, Pete Hartman, Becca Martin-Brown, and Courtney Lanning. Additional content today provided by Jacqueline Froelich and the news team at KUAR. Our general manager at KUAF is Lee Wood. Yale on Highway 215 between Crosses and Oark. Mm-hmm. I bet, I mean, that is Beautiful part of the world. Yeah. I bet this time of spring, Yale is gorgeous. Yeah, absolutely. As is O'Ark and Crosses. (laughs) Uh, Matthew produced today's show in the Bruce and Ann Applegate News Studio 2. I'm back Sunday morning at 9 with Weekend Ozarks at Large. We're back Monday to start another week of daily editions of our show. And if you ever miss a story, you ever miss a show, head to ozarksatlarge.com and sign up for the newsletter. You can do that at kuaf.com slash newsletter. From the Carver Center for Public Radio, I'm Matthew Moore. I'm Kyle Callums.